We have another live show for you guys. We're coming back to New York City because I'm back in town. We put something together for May 15th. We're back at Sesh Comedy. Show starts at 7.30. Doors open at 7 p.m. I'm so excited. We loved Sesh when we were there the last time. I'm pumped to be able to do another show back in New York so soon. So Wednesday, May 15th. For tickets, head to our website at findingmrheight.com slash live. That's findingmrheight.com slash live. You can get your tickets right there. That ticket link will be up as you are hearing this announcement. And the venue is BYOB. So if you want a drink, bring a drink. If you like a Diet Coke, bring a Diet Coke. And we're going to hang out afterwards. We can say hello to everybody. Hope to see you all there. See you there. I So he doesn't have social media. I think I mentioned that last week. Yeah. Blessing. And it is a blessing. Yeah. A, a total blessing. He d- does, however, have Venmo. An underrated stalker's paradise. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Height, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host Rourke. Rourke, what's going on? Allie, today is a great day. I received a couple Amazon packages via TikTok, made me buy it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I am super pumped. It's the small things in life. I got a, um, I got that soap brow stuff that you use to comb your brows up that. and it's the very sort of natural brow vibe that we all go for these days and so cannot wait love it the natural brow thing was a game changer for me in my life in the sense that my eyebrows have always looked like this and i have never been able to make them not look like this and now they're like good to have oh 100 percent. no i actually i'm pretty lucky i actually this is weirdly personal i'm not a very hairy person (laughs) um i yeah i just like don't I don't have thick hair anywhere. And so I like pretty much never do anything with my eyebrows except a little bit of like gel. But I have a friend in seventh grade who really was struggling with math. And whenever she didn't understand a math problem, she would bury her face in her hands and aggressively rub her eyebrows. And she rubbed her eyebrows out in seventh grade and they've never come back. <gasps> no. <gasps> isn't that terrible? Well, if that isn't a cautionary tale. Yeah. So channel your stress wow. in other ways, guys. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. So one of these things was the soap brow. What else did you buy? I also just got a um, – I'm now on like cleaning TikTok, which I really enjoy. <laughs> and so I'm going to – Yeah. Sp- I like to avoid it because it makes me feel bad about myself. <laughs> I, in my new apartment, have the floor-to-ceiling glass shower. And so mm. this recommended having a um, an additional – dishwashing wand the one you can put soap in with a mix of dawn and vinegar yeah. and apparently like while you shower and do like a hair mask or something you you should just like do your walls and apparently it like works amazing so i also have that in my new apartment this sounds like one of those things that i'm going to stress about needing to do but never actually do <laughs> i just i love a multitask you know if i can make something if i can trick myself into something being self care and so if i do it with you know a face mask on and like steam, I I can convince myself it's a fun activity. I love that for you. I wish it upon myself. But the actual reason why I stay off of cleaning TikTok is because it makes me anxious that I'm not doing these things that I'm apparently supposed to be doing. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not super tidy. I'll be honest. I'm very clean, but I'm not tidy. I am a huge 
perpetrator of the mythical chair where you try on an outfit and it does not look like how you thought in your head and it all ends up on the chair yeah my my entire apartment is that chair (laughs) so but i will say that my claim to fame is that i know where every single item in my entire apartment is even though it is in no way where it should be so an example of that is my when i used to have a roommate my she's my best friend and she asked me if she could borrow my eyeliner and my answer was yes it is capless behind the door of my bedroom of course why not (laughs) where else would it be frankly (laughs) obviously (laughs) oh that is super funny yeah so but i i love that for you yeah but yeah so you know just it's the little things that are keeping me afloat in this in this day and age how are you um i feel like you know you're now going through the egg freezing process do you have any updates on your end I do. So I started to post about it in my story, but I went for my first blood work and ultrasound um, appointment on Friday. And then I had to go back on Saturday because I forgot to do the pee in a cup part at the end. Okay. On you. So so, 100% on me. They called me and they were like, are you gone? Like, oh, fuck. Yes, I am. So I had to go back. um, And then they were going to use that to figure out where I'm at in my cycle in terms of when I'll start egg freezing. I found out today, actually like less than an hour ago, that I have to go back tomorrow to do additional blood work to, I guess, extra determine. Because I have an IUD, my hormone levels are really low, so I need to go back. Um, And as you know, I'm moving tomorrow, so tomorrow is just going to be a really, really packed day. Yeah, I think what is stressful or what felt stressful to me about the whole process is that they essentially need you to like drop your life. This is all you're doing for a month. (laughs) And with people with jobs and side jobs and a social life and life logistics, that's really, really hard. I know. And it's also the kind of thing where you just can't control it to a large extent. Like I can't control when, when my body wants to start ovulating. True. And as much as I would like to just whip her into shape and tell her to do it now because I got things to do. I mean, we'd be billionaires. Let's figure this out. Like, what are we doing? Why are we? Let's get off the pod. That's what we're dedicating our lives to. Um, Yeah. And so it was really frustrating. I actually started crying on the phone with the nurse who called me. Uh, That is so deeply relatable. She she was very patient, which is her job to be. But but oftentimes I find that medical professionals are not so patient when somebody is overwhelmed and frustrated, and so it just it really helped me she that she gave me the permission to be frustrated and upset yeah that's really nice i'm glad that she was able to sort of like honor that space for you and not put pressure on you yeah and actually the person so she's also going to do there's a nursing visit that you have to do right before you actually start the cycle where they kind of take you through all the stuff you're going to have to do and they usually do it virtually but she offered to do it in person while I'm in for my blood work tomorrow so that'll be really nice. That is really nice. Well good. I'm glad that it resolved. The whole process is a real roller coaster. Uh yeah, and I'm I'm not even on any hormones yet and I'm already crying on the phone with her so I can only imagine what the next several weeks will entail. And you know, you guys will be on that journey with me. Can't wait. It's an honor. Uh yes, well, let's see if you say that in a couple weeks. So I have a little bit of a clarification from last week's episode. Okay. So I mentioned that I was prompted to talk about getting back together with an ex because I had seen this screenshot about the guy who broke up with me because he wanted to be vegan and sober and move to Ohio and give 80% of his income to charity. 
based on listener questions and also a call out from my best friend from college, I didn't properly explain that those are the same people. So the guy, the resident that I that moved to Philly that I broke up with and got back together with, that is the same man who later broke up with me saying he wanted to be vegan and sober. Got it. So his first attempted breakup was the ghosting, but you had the mutual friend, so you were like, mm-hmm. hi. And then the real breakup was the vegan sober Ohioan charity donor. Yes. He really just swings for the fences on breakups. Yeah. Those are big moves. Um, And do we know if he's accomplished any of this today? We do know, and he is not. Okay. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, best of luck. There's uh, Life has many chapters, young man. Uh, apparently. And Allie, I appreciate the clarification, but I feel it would be a mistake not to mention that you have avoided talking about the incident clock. Does that mean that we have to reset? Uh, okay. Let me get your take <laughs> on whether we have to reset. Okay. Whenever you start by that, that's going to be a yes, but go ahead. <laughs> so it relates to this story. So after we had that conversation on last week's pod, I so he doesn't have social media. I think I mentioned that last week. Yeah, blessing. And it is a blessing. Yeah, a, a total blessing. He d- does, however, have Venmo, an underrated stalker's paradise. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent uh, far too long. I think it was twenty minutes, which for a Venmo is an entirely absurd amount of time. Going through his Venmo payments, I scrolled all the way back to when we, he and I used to pay each other, oh and I, I truly felt like throwing my phone in shame. So I, I think I might need to reset the clock. I, yeah, I do agree. I think that that's yeah, that needs to that needs to go. <laughs> one one thing that I discovered quickly, oh god, is that he sent his friends. Christmas presents via Venmo. Like he around Christmas time sent out Venmo requests, public Venmo requests, because I can see them saying, like, you're such a good friend to me. I don't say it often enough. Merry Christmas, buddy. Wait, wait, wait. A Venmo payment or a Venmo request? Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Payment, payment. Okay, because I was gonna say that is next level if you're like requesting money around Christmas. <laughs> no, 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 no. Payment, payment. But okay. still. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, very weird. People hate on gift cards. That is so much worse. So much worse. And I, yeah, I just, I cracked up. And that was when I knew. And then right after that, because we broke up in October. So like shortly after I got to the Christmas, I started getting to me and him. And that is when I realized shit needs to stop. You've gone too deep. Indeed. So I've been talking a bunch about how I'm trying to order in less. And part of that is that I'm cooking at home more. But when I don't have time to cook, which is more often than not, I have really still been loving Factors meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Yeah. And they have so many options too. Every week, their menu, they have 35 options that you can pick from. So you can find whatever it is that you're looking for. It's so easy. It's no fuss and no mess. It's so great. And I've also been really enjoying their add-ons that they have. So they have breakfast. They have on-the-go lunches if you don't work from home. I've been ordering their snacks recently to have like a little pick-me-up in the afternoon. And I've really been enjoying that. Yeah. And they also are celebrating Earth Day all month. You can look for their Earth Month Eats badge on their menu. And that will be meals that have the lowest carbon footprint. So shout out to Factor for that one. That's pretty cool. So you can head to factormeals.com slash FMH50 and use 
code FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code FMH50 at factormeals.com slash FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. And then let's talk about what our topic for the week is. Cause I do have a little bit more of sort of like a personal life update, but I do think it ties in really nicely. So I'll save it and sort of surprise you with it mid topic stream. We are talking about meeting someone's friends and them meeting your friends and hanging out with each other's friends, all that. That stuff can get really tricky and that is something that gives me a lot of anxiety. And so I'm glad that we are going to go through this and I'm going to have to definitely be very vulnerable about things that have backfired in this regard for me. I have similar backfiring stories, but I was I was sort of thinking about this topic because I, as I mentioned before, when I went away for my birthday, a guy in our friend group brought his girlfriend for the first time and I actually saw them again this past weekend and neither of them... I don't even think knew that I had this podcast actually. And I told them that they'd gotten a shout out. Um, and she, his girlfriend, said that our group was so nice and welcoming. And all of us were looking around like, was she with our group? Was she with us? <laughs> were those people? She actually got on the wrong bus to summer camp. <laughs> she did. Yeah. Like, what house were you at? Because we were all screaming at each other the entire time. Um, but. My friends are actually quite welcoming. We just like come across. We're athletes. So like we come across as – There's an know, intensity. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um. Well, great. I think the way it makes most sense to talk about this is sort of the steps in asking someone to meet your friends or them asking you and then the meet and then sort of what happens next depending on how it went. We got a lot of listener submissions about this – issue of meeting friends. And each question sort of addresses a different step in the timeline. And so these submissions come from our findingmrheight.com slash podcast submission form. And our first one reads as follows. The guy keeps inviting me to hang out with him, his friends, and his friend's girlfriends after only two dates by ourselves. We've been out four times total, but half of the time it's with his friends. How do I get him to suggest a relationship since he's already acting like it is one? So I think this sort of I, I was just I'm I'm jumping to what you're gonna say, but my immediate reaction is is that what a relation is that how we define a relationship? Exactly. I think that that's that's a great threshold question. So before we even talk about the act of asking somebody to hang out with your friends, there's sort of a cognitive aspect of what does it mean to meet someone's friends? Yeah. And well, and I think part of what makes that tricky is it very clearly means different things to different people, depending on your relationship with your friends and also probably your past experiences with introducing a partner to friends or having been introduced to friends by a partner. Yes, definitely. And I think that this just shows how key communication is when it comes to relationship steps like this, because there's no denying to me that it's a step, you know, you're opening your life in a oh, new yeah. way to somebody by showing them your friends, but you should communicate about what that means to each of you. Absolutely. Because I feel like for some people, for example, the guy who brought his girlfriend to the birthday weekend, they've been dating for a few months. He didn't, he purposefully didn't bring her around us until she was his girlfriend, a thing, going to continue, et cetera. That's his frame of reference. Mm -hmm. For me, 
I would absolutely, my friends have met people that I probably wouldn't even remember their name at this point. Yeah. I, I'm probably somewhere in the middle where I like it to sort of feel right and fun and that it would be an addition, but it needs to be, I need to have had some, I need to have had the person to myself for a little bit first. And I also obviously have my own traumas associated with this, which we'll get to. But um, (laughs) I do think clearly this listener email, she and this man have clearly different definitions. Very clearly. Well, I mean, I assume he doesn't think they're in a relationship after two dates by themselves. You can't possibly, frankly. No. I also think it depends on the context. Like I have been in scenarios, I've been on first dates where the date was going really well and one of us has found out that other friends are hanging out nearby and we've gone to hang out with them. And so technically that guy has met my friends or I've met his friends on the first date, but it wasn't like a premeditated friend meet. Mm, That's a very good point. That's, and I mean, that actually, that honestly is like lovely and fun and no pressure. And in a way, that's the best possible thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I I actually found out later that um, it was – I think it was our third date maybe, but that a guy that I was on a third date with had set that up to be like, oh, my friends are in this place. We should go hang out with them. And I thought it was this like very fun, spontaneous thing. I mean, it was fun, but I thought it was spontaneous and it very much was not. That is very funny and – Honestly, something I would probably pull. <laughs> 100%. I was like, oh, noted. Great idea for the future. Yeah, exactly. Like, thank you. We'll be stealing that. Yes, I will. So it does sound like this listener wants to be in a relationship. And I guess she 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 needs to talk to this man. Yes. Talk to him. Talk to each other. I mean, I think our probably our approach to all of these things is going to be you should talk to this person. Absolutely. So then um, let's say you've decided to invite somebody to meet your friends. How do you approach that ask? I I have approached it in different ways in the past. I think above all for me, I'm always thinking about keeping it casual and making sure it's clear that it's not a big deal because for me, it's not. That that would be very different if for you it is a major step. For me it's not. So when I'm trying to communicate it, I sort of go out of my way to make that clear. Yeah. I, I interestingly, I feel like I got, so I'll tell, let me tell my story now because I feel like this is the right place for it. And I can describe why I felt a little bit stuck. So yeah, I've told us, I've told the story on this podcast when we talked about ghosting, where I invited a guy that I'd been seeing very casually to a game night where We already had agreed that we were going to do a hang over the weekend. So I said, hey, a group of friends is pulling together a game night for Friday. How about we go to that? It it was pretty much that those exact words. I don't have the text anymore. And that is when he ghosted. And so as you said to me, clearly he was triggered by this invite. He has had some – something has happened to this man. (laughs) Something has gone very awry in past friend meet situations for him. Yes. And – that really has made me a little gun shy about now inviting other people to meet my friends. And so I recently decided to ask the cyclist to meet my friends. 
I was really struggling with what type of event to invite him to because similarly, my friend group can be intense. And I was talking to a guy friend of mine and he was saying that he's like, some people might like a bigger group event because they, he's like, I kind of feel like I can hide um, or like find one person to talk to and sort of make a subgroup. Whereas if it's just like a double date, there's like nowhere to go. You're, You're like, you're on focus. And so it's hard to say what might feel good to somebody. Yeah, that's that's tricky because it's so person-dependent too. Like I've had ex-boyfriends that would have been mortified to be in a big group because they would feel like they were overwhelmed and you know would just end up in the corner not talking to anybody. Whereas other people where they would have felt like you were saying, like the spotlight was on them if they were on a double date or even a small group. Exactly. And so I actually processed this with my therapist and I told her sort of the two events that were top of mind that I would be happy to include him in, both of which are sort of subsets of my pod of friends. One of which was Easter brunch. And so, you know, daytime activity, just sort of hanging middle of the day. It was beautiful out. And then alternatively, I have a recurring weekly hang with a friend of mine and her fiance where we watch a TV show that we love and cook dinner together. And so those sort of represent those two types of events, right? One would have been like six people. One would just be the four of us. And so I was talking to my therapist about sort of the pros and cons of each. And she just said back to me, is there a reason you're resisting giving him the choice? I love that. Yeah. I was like, oh, duh. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I Every time you tell me something that you and your therapist have talked about, I'm like, she gives really actionable advice. Yeah, it's really nice. And um, so we sort of – I talked through with her sort of how I would set it up for him because she said – she was like, you trust him to tell you what he wants to do, Right. I said, oh, absolutely. And so I ended up with you sort of workshopping a text that I actually think was probably a little more formal than um, is my go-to sort of super cash, just hang with my friends. But I felt like in presenting a choice, I had to be a little bit more explicit about like, hey, I'd really enjoy hanging like with you and my friends, but I want to make sure you feel good about it too which thing would you prefer doing? Have you seen that episode of Friends where Monica is like lamenting over leaving the voicemail for that guy and she's like trying to be casual and breezy and at the end of it she goes, I'm breezy. Literally, I am that voicemail as a person. If I was a, (laughs) like if I was a voicemail, I would be that voicemail. And then like somebody else, it might've been Chandler, is like, you can't say you're breezy, that negates the whole breezy. Yes, of course. I love that. I will never forget that. Um, So like I presented both options that I described to you and I concluded the text by saying, also to be clear, neither is an option too. Because I just wanted to make it clear that it's okay if he doesn't want to. And this sort of gets at like step 2B, which is how to handle their reaction. Yeah. And also how to not – because you and I had this discussion when you were crafting this text message, you don't want to – overstate that it's okay if they don't want to come to the point where they then aren't sure that you actually want them to. Yes. Like you don't want to overplay either one. Although what I said to you at the time was there is there are zero circumstances where somebody is asking someone they're dating to meet their friends, but they don't actually want them to come. Yeah. But I have 
in the past dated somebody who would invite me to an event and then say, but it's really no pressure. It's no big deal. I know you're super busy. And I was like, do, do you, I'm confused. Do you, do you actually want me to come? Right. Yeah. Do you want me there? Or is this like a pity invite that you're now trying to hope that I say no to? Exactly. And so I did feel like I was sort of trying to strike that balance where it was like, no pressure, but I'd like this. <laughs> right. And um, we actually, so he chose the smaller group option in part because he was already busy on Easter. Fine. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up even having a subsequent discussion similar to what we sort of talked about in step zero slash one, which is like, I'm like, ha- like I'm looking forward to Thursday, but let's talk about sort of like what this means. And so we yeah. ended up having sort of all conversations and I'll, I, I'll report back <laughs> after Thursday. I love it. I also think that putting that choice out there to ask the other person what they're comfortable for, comfortable with, that's something that would never have occurred to me. And I think it is such a good idea because it, Assuming that you have two options that are different. True. Because those two were kind of two different, like you were saying, not only availability-wise, but two different um, types of interactions. I also think that it makes it feel more casual and less of a huge deal if you're inviting them to things that you're already doing versus inviting them to something that seems like it's being planned surrounding them. That is a great nuance that I had not really even thought of until you just said it. I I think it makes a big difference because then it's like, I'm setting up a dinner for you to meet my friends. When are you free? Versus, hey, I'm doing this thing and I think it'd be fun if you did it with me. Totally. And my friends. Yes. That I do. I think the sort of special, we are presenting you now as the man Rourke is dating (laughs) is a situation that you do not want to be in. Completely agree. So yeah, that is definitely not breezy for your future reference. Yes. So I do think though, so obviously the ghosting is is inappropriate. So what happened to me back like six months ago, not cool. Fully unacceptable. If he didn't, if he had chosen, if he had just said, I'm not comfortable or this feels too soon or I have these reservations about it, or if the cyclist had said neither, I obviously have to acknowledge that that would have hurt that that is not the outcome that I want. But then at least you have something to talk about. They communicated their need with you and you can go forward from there, but fully acknowledging that like, that would have sucked. I like, I, I didn't want that. And I, I was so literally sending that text and telling <sighs> myself he is allowed to think about this just as I thought about crafting the text. He can think about what he wants to do here. And I need to give, I don't need to expect an instant response. Oh boy, that was painful. <laughs> I I mean, yeah, I lived it with you. Uh, but I've, and I've been there with all sorts of risky text messages. But I think that's a really good point that you made that you took the time to craft it, but he didn't know you were taking that time. So he didn't have to deal with that time that you took. Whereas you then have to know that he's taking whatever time he's going to take to reply or he's doing something else. You don't actually know why. But I think the important thing is that if you're going to send this text message, ask this person that you have to be divorced of the outcome in the sense that like you can't act breezy and like there is no pressure if in fact in your mind it will be a major issue if they say no. Correct. It would absolutely not have been a major issue had him 
say no. My like my disappointment is my sort of disappointment to deal with had that been the outcome. But um right. But yeah, no. The it can't have been a real test if you're going to present it as just a fun option. Yes, exactly, because we we hate tests around here. Don't do that to people because you're only going to get the answer you want. Yeah. Like you're it's like a, the confirmation bias type of thing. Um but question for you, what do you think about asking this question in person? Like what what made you want to ask him via text message versus waiting until the next time you hung out? Part of it was the allowing the processing time um, mm-hmm. and that he would not have had to come up with a snap answer to me while looking me in the eye. However, I am really glad that I then followed up in person with, you know, hey, how are you feeling about that? And because then we had a productive conversation about like what it means for our relationship to start introducing each other to friends and that we're taking a step and being sort of more vulnerable in that way with each other. And so that was a really lovely conversation that would not have occurred over text. And so I'm glad that I followed up, even though, again, that was one of the things where something that I'm not so great at and I'm trying to be braver at is even if I'm afraid of an answer, I want to open my mouth and say it and be authentic to sort of like the question that I'm harboring, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I love that. And I think the fact that you wanted to send it via text message to give him that space to be able to think about it, process and reply without the pressure of you, you know, staring him in the face. That's a very similar reason why not for a longer relationship, but when you've been on a few dates with someone and you're not interested in dating them anymore, a lot of people, when I post videos about my text script for that, will say that should be a phone call, not a text message. And I very much disagree with that because a text message gives the person the ability to process. And in that particular scenario, maybe not even reply because they are hurt. Yep. Yeah. Obviously, in this case, you're expecting a reply. Yes, true. It, it, yeah, it's a direct question. I would hope <laughs> I would get an answer. But um, but yeah, and like just as I got the benefit of workshopping that with you, if he wants to talk to a friend, you know, he's allowed to do that. And like that's, you know, I don't know what men do from Adam, but <laughs> um, if that's something they do, they consult their friends on this, go for it. I I think they do, just not in the same way that we do. Yeah, I agree. I don't think they're crafting text messages via text with each other. I have seen them craft in real life. Cute. I have seen that happen in person. I don't think they are texting their friend to say, and men, tell us if we're wrong, but I don't think they are texting their friend to say, hey, I'm about to send this text. What what do you think about this draft I've written? Agreed. Agreed. But maybe we're wrong. True. I know. Until we get our male listeners to like really step up and give us feedback, we're flying blind. I know. We need all three of you to really step up. Come on. So now um, step so step sort of three or four, depending on how we're counting. Um, the meat is on. There's an agreement. And um, let's say it's like, doesn't matter the direction. You're meeting his friends. He's meeting yours. We did get a listener question about this where she is meeting his friends. And she wrote in, could you give tips to meet his friends, like what to wear slash how to behave? I'm so nervous. I'm so excited for her. I'm very excited for her. Um, and I I feel her nerves like through the submission. Mm-hmm. 
And one of the things that I think is so tricky with this, and it's similar to when people give advice for first dates, they're just like, well, be yourself. Like, that's not helpful. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm not going to be someone else, but I'm very nervous. So what do I do? Yeah, absolutely. I am like, I really pride myself on sort of presenting well when I meet friends and family. So I often feel like I'm like, let me meet your people because they're going to like me. <laughs> um, I I feel the same way. Yeah. But I would say like, obviously, obviously be yourself. But I would try to think one of the best things I've done, not because I want to be an actress or anything like that, is when I was new to LA and I didn't really know many people, one of the few friends I had, he and I did an improv class together. And oh, fun. Yeah. And I think some of the rules in improv really teach you how to date and meet new people well. And I think the two key takeaways don't say no. Yes, correct. Um, I mean, let's not go there, but um, <laughs> um, the idea. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't mean that. That's okay. <laughs> oh God. Um, <laughs> And then, so, but no, that concept is called like, yes, and, but the only way that you can really, that's that's much better than what I said, (laughs) but the only way that you can really effectively, yes, and is to really listen. And so I think like, be a good listener and also people love to talk about themselves. Ask these people, like ask his friends questions about, you know, Tell even like tell me an embarrassing story from when he was in college. Tell me, you know, get them to sort of like talk about their friendship, their lives, like and be a good listener, not just listen to think about what you might say next, but really like listening to what they're saying and they will feel like you're a lovely thoughtful person, which I'm sure you are. Yeah, ask follow-up questions. Like when somebody is telling a story, even if this is a really good interview trick that somebody once gave me that is even if you're not really sure what the question means or or what the story means literally just repeat back to them what they said and kind of frame it like a question that's really clever. and they will think you're asking a follow-up question yeah they will think you're asking a follow-up question and they will just say more stuff that's great and that actually illustrates the difference between i cannot remember the official terms but it's sort of it's considered the difference between a closing question and an opening question and i don't mean like open ended closed ended but if you told mm-hmm. me um oh i've been on this amazing trip to italy it's a closing thing to say for me to say oh my god i've been to italy in 2016 that shuts you down that's like focusing the energy on me but then to open it is to say you know, you could still bring yourself into it. Like, I love Italy. What was your favorite restaurant when you went? And so like, ask a question that's actually about what they've said. Don't just say you've done it too, even though that can feel very bonding. And it seems like you're connecting, but you're not actually. I totally agree. And I think the other thing that you want to avoid is making fun of the person who brought you there, even if the group is doing it. Agreed. There is nothing worse than Like, I'm very sensitive to teasing in a relationship. I really don't like it. I find it quite undermining. And so, yeah, that's a great tip. Because even if – so, for example, my friend group is we are assholes to each other often. 
I love them dearly and I'm fine with it when they give me a hard time about stuff and they know what buttons to push and like we just we're just like that like we like we were saying we're intense. I would not like it if I brought a new guy around and he jumped in with them to make fun of me. I would absolutely hate that. Yes, same. Yeah. It's like, no, you're on my team. Shush. Yep. And it's not like it's not like he would have to come in and defend me. Like I don't need defending, but just don't join the fray. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that. Um, and then yeah, I would say also like be a good sport, you know, like participate. Um, and so if it is an activity like games or something like that, find a way to participate. Yeah. Even if you're not gonna be good at the thing, we were just talking about this. One of my guy friends was talking about how when he brings a girl around, he appreciates when she just gives whatever we're doing her all, even if it's not quite her thing. I think that's a great look. And I also think that that goes back to why it's great to give somebody options. Because let's say that you are seeing someone and one of your options is to do a game night with your friends and one of the other options is to go to a a brunch. If that person isn't somebody who feels like they're going to thrive in a game night situation, they're going to pick the brunch. Exactly. Give them a choice. It's very empowering to have choice. I totally agree because consent is sexy. (laughs) There we go. Now, this is on brand now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just imagining somebody like clipping just that piece of the audio and being like, this is what Allie thinks. Oh, God. Yeah. That's that's the problem with, um, you know, putting your your unedited self out there um i know i am i am glad that the improv community has updated the phrasing of that rule to yes and because it used to be what i said that's wild yeah i've only ever learned it as yes and and i'm glad yeah back when i used to be really into whose line is it anyway like in middle school and that was like a major cardinal rule but obviously they've changed that and good for them love it so um You've met the friends, it's happened, and now we are living in a post-friend meeting world, the aftermath. How important is it that the person get along with your friends? What if they're like, okay, I did that, but like, I don't really want to do it again? This is something that I have struggled with, and here's where I'll throw a personal story in. So the Oyster, the guy that I dated for a lot of 2020, he had a very different relationship with his friends than I do. So- he he had friends, but they were individual friends in the sense that he didn't have a big group of friends that all lived here in the city and hung out all the time. He had like this one friend that from college. He had this other friend from law school. He had this other friend from work. And they were all individual people that he would hang out with in an individual way. Mm-hmm. And it was very different from my group of friends where we're all over each other all the time and we're always in a big group. And he didn't really feel that comfortable with that dynamic. And it caused a lot of frustration on both of our ends because I felt like I had to choose between hanging out with him and hanging out with my friends because he didn't feel comfortable in my friend group's dynamic. That's really hard where I feel like it's okay to be different on that. And I actually think, you know, we try to talk in non-gendered terms as much as possible, but I do think male and female friendship are different things. And I have a lot of male friends who often talk to me about how they would love to have more emotionally intimate male friendships in their lives. And they just don't. And they're kind of envious of what women are able to develop and often develop quickly. And so my friend's husband, for example, like 
he doesn't have a lot of friends on his own. And he's just like joyfully joined her and her friends. And he's now, he and I have, he and I go for walks and have a friendship in our own right. And so I think you're allowed to sort of have different preferences as long as you respect what the other person enjoys. Yeah. And also I think that it can be tough if they don't, not only do they not understand or they don't enjoy the same thing, same things that you do, but they actually actively don't like hanging out with your friends because it's a different dynamic than they're used to. And for me, it was really, it is really important that my partner have that, not in common with me per se, but that that they're able to join that part of my life, at least in part. Yeah, certainly. I don't think it has to be for all things, for every event, but I do think that there needs to be a willingness and a positive affect towards you and your friends. Yeah. And for me, like, I think one of the things that was tough for him is that he felt like he had to be on all the time when he was hanging out with my friends. And that's truly not the case. And I don't feel that way. But I think that's because I'm a consummate extrovert who gains energy from being around other people. And for somebody who is more of an introvert and loses energy by being around other other people, that that can be really difficult. So not only is that a hard dynamic, but what about when your friends don't like the guy? Oof. That is so hard. I I have never experienced being in a relationship where my friends actively didn't like the person I was dating and were vocal about it. I've I have exes where my friends were like, yeah, we weren't really quite sure if he was the right guy for you, but not in a way that they needed to say something because it wasn't a negative situation. They were just not quite sure. But that's really tough if it's an active thing. Yeah. And and frankly, I think it would take a lot to get there. I think they would have to see that something pretty toxic was going on where for them to be like, we can't be around this person or, you know, like something bad is happening, I think, if your friends are reacting that strongly. Yeah. And I think if that is the case, like ask them more questions dig into it. You know, why do you have this reaction to this person? What am, what are you seeing that I maybe am not? And really try to dig into it versus just kind of saying, well, they don't like him or her, or, you know, that it is what it is because it's got to be driven by something. Yeah. And I think in theory, you know, you've been friends with your friends for however long and you seem to trust their judgment in other domains. And even if it could be hard to hear, for example, like my parents did not like one of my exes. And Mm. over time, my mom sort of very gently started giving me that feedback. And I defended him for a really long time. And until I was like really ready to hear the feedback and integrate it. But I do think, you know, trust the people in your life and don't have just a purely knee-jerk reaction. It's perfectly fine to still want to be with your person and maybe explain something that's going on or maybe something they're not perceiving correctly, but give your friends the benefit of the doubt, I think. And as we say, assume good intent in your friends that they have your best interest in heart. Yeah, because I would assume that they do. I would assume that somebody's friends are not, you know, just trying to hate on somebody just because. Yeah, they're not trying to sabotage your relationship. Then I look at your friends. I mean, I would hope not. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. If that's the case, then like well, reevaluate your friends. If you're if you think there's a possibility that your friends are truly just trying to sabotage your relationship, then I think we're we're focusing on the wrong thing here. Totally. And we should instead be focusing on why you're friends with them. Totally agree. Well, hopefully you've got five star friends, just like we have some five star reviews. <laughs>
Wow, the Segway game is strong Thank this you. week. I'm, I'm, I'm peaking. It's not going to get better. Oh, it's it's too early to peak. <laughs> we got to coast for a while. Uh, well, um, we-, we do have a lot of five star reviews this week. Yes, we we had a um, we had a we had a, sh- a small week last week, but there are words of affirmation. Friends are making up for it. We're very grateful. Yes, and I posted this on my story today. But one of my so my like two close friends from volleyball, one of them is majorly words of affirmation, and the other one is receiving gifts and acts of service. And the words of affirmation one said she felt very heard and seen by you saying that words of affirmation is the people giving reviews. And she was actually one of the very first reviews that we ever read. Oh my gosh, that makes me so happy. And the other girl in this group chat was like, oh shit, I I, I rated it, but I didn't write a review. I guess I am acts of service. <laughs> oh my God, I love this. It's like a heuristic for love languages. That's amazing. Yeah. So instead of asking your significant other what their love language is, you can just ask if they've rated any podcasts recently. <laughs> oh my God, that's so amazing. Oh. But so this week we have five star reviews from Dave Glazer, Busby, Bruin God, Taylor Swift fan, L629, Lexi the Ripper, and St. Marie D. Yes, as well as one that sort of came through a submission form. Yes, Haley. And that is the one that I wanted to read. And I extra appreciated her hustle because although she does not have an iPhone and is not able to rate, on Apple Podcasts. She sent us this review through our podcast suggestion form. So thank you, Haley. She said, hi, just wanted to say thank you for your pen pal pod. I had no idea this was a thing, but it describes pretty much every situation I've had in a dating app thus far. In fact, right now, I think I have a pen pal and a breadcrumber face palm. Thank you for your practical and easy advice, which I probably most definitely could have come up with myself, but hearing other people talk about this was helpful. I was pretty much yelling, yep, at my Spotify for an hour this morning while I was hearing y'all talk. Thanks again. That is such a good one. Um, I have a, I'm having a very hard time choosing between Lexi the Ripper and St. Marie D. So I would like to submit that you put one of them on your Instagram stories, whichever one I don't decide in this very spontaneous decision I'm about to make. Um, Deal. I think that I'm going to read um, St. Marie D, which reads, first timer. Found this through TikTok and I had to start listening because your advice and tech scripts resonated with me so much. As a representative of the 18 to 26 year old category, I'm 21, I definitely want to be able to carry the maturity and practices you girls talk about as I navigate the maze that is relationships these days. Thank you for doing this. Heart emoji. Oh, big sister vibes. Love. And I'm so glad that she is able to sort of see the value in hearing from some 30-somethings and how it can only benefit her starting now. Yes. I can only imagine if I had had this information or this sort of thought, these thought processes at 21. I mean, I don't even know what I would have done. Totally. I don't think I would have torn up the letter. (laughs) Probably not. If we're being frank. Yeah. Well, Rourke, it was lovely as always. Yeah. Another um, great chat. And Hopefully, I'm just going to have, you know, a wonderful friend meet to tell everybody about next week. I'm very excited to hear about it. I'll talk to you then. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.